Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. I'm your host, Michelle Berard, founder and CEO of Michelle Berard LLC and Urban Book Editor. And I'm really happy to share this hour with you where we examine all those places where spirit meets life and the joys and challenges that may bring. Now, I know you guys are still trudging along through this pandemic and toward the election and all the things that go along with that, stress, aggravation, just plain taking twice as long, three times as long, four times as long to do normal things that we used to do before. But I hope that you're hanging in there and I hope you're taking care of yourselves and your loved ones. Make sure that you are checking on your people and making sure that you are being safe. They are being safe. We're all being safe. We have to all be safe out there. You guys know I like to start by thanking Ms. Beverly Black and Tribe Family Channel for helping me create this space for us. Tribe Family Channel is home to an assortment of thought-provoking shows that explore life, spirit, business, and culture, including The Woman at the Well, hosted by Ms. Beverly Black herself. Somewhere in the Middle was born on Tribe Family Channel. And though we've grown onto our own platform, we are ever grateful and loyal to our roots. To paraphrase an African proverb, we are here only because we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. I want to say thank you to my guests on the October 9th show, financial planning expert, Jason Zara. You can connect with Jason at his website and on social media. If you missed that show, make sure you listen to the replay. You can find our complete show archives, including the October 9th show at the somewhere in the middle podcast.com. I also want to shout out Bruce George of the Geniuses Common Movement, which encourages all of us to embrace our inner genius and share it with the world. You guys know that I believe this is a really important message and we need to share it with the kids, but it's not just for our kids. Sometimes we adults need to be reminded that the world needs our genius. Learn more about the Geniuses Common Movement at www.geniusescommon.com. I think you'll really enjoy this week's guest. She's a lovely, lovely person and a really talented writer. Janae Marie began writing at the age of 13, and she published her first book at the age of 25. Janae was awarded a degree in media arts at Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. She later relocated to California, where she earned a second degree in broadcast journalism and published two more books by the age of 30. Janae Marie is the author of four books, Flirting with Temptations, Daddy's Home, Double Take, and Besties. Her fifth book, Sleeping with Enemy is due out in December of 2020. Janae acts as the CEO of JM Publications, which is part of JMP Media Group. She owns Janae's Closet Shop online clothing boutique. And she is the writer, producer, director, and editor of the short film, My Mother Donna. So I'd like to welcome Janae Marie to Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Berard. Janae, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I don't know if you have heard, but I like to start my interviews with two questions. I think it's because it kind of gets into the root of, you know, who you are so, okay. and what you're doing. So if you're ready, I'll ask the questions. Are you set? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Janae Marie, who are you and how did you become who you are today? Ah, that is always an amazing question or someone asks you that. Who am I? I don't know, really, who am I? <laughs> okay, so, um, Janae Marie, so I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. 
I've been in, I've lived in Detroit um, for about what, 20, about 24, 25 years. Um, I graduated from West State University with my, <clears throat> my bachelor's degree in um, media arts and studies. I actually, uh, I started writing, I started writing at the age of like 13. I started writing poetry, you know, because um, I was, I was the only child until I was about 17. So I spent a lot of time alone. Um, because <laughs> I was a little sheltered kid, so my mom didn't let me go out a lot. So um, I was sheltered. So I read a lot of books. You know, I, I had to because that was pretty much my only escape from boredom, as being the only child. So that helped to me, helped kind of like spark my creativity because I would always just read books. I had to read like Goosebumps books, Babysitter's Club books. And then as I got became a teenager, I read, I fell in love with urban fiction. Um, so that, that, if anyone asks me what my favorite genre of uh, fiction is, it would uh, uh, be urban fiction, because that's what I grew up, I grew up reading. Uh, I read like Truth the Game, Bad Girls, Fly Girl, uh, Coldest One Ever. So um, to me, reading a lot as a child is kind of like what sparked my creativity and you know I started writing my I wrote and published my first book at the age of 25 Flight with Temptations and then I just I, I kept going so I am um, in December this will be my fifth uh, published book this year and I'm re uh, very proud of that. Wow wow so what is it that motivates you to write man oh my god <laughs> um besides just like my my overall passion for writing is because I have a very I want to say I don't want to say a mundane life but <laughs> but I have I don't have a lot of drama in my life so <laughs> <laughs> so I like to create the drama in other people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you know, so, um, you know, I don't have a backstabbing friend or <laughs> I've never had to sell my body for uh, for, for money, but <laughs> right. no, my characters have, so, <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, I just like to, you know, create an alternate universe basically because that's kind of how, like, how I grew up it's like having to kind of escape from reality because I was always the only child and I was bored so um I just you know <laughs> that's kind of like my passion you know just to kind of like create these alternate realities that's really interesting so what is it about urban fiction that makes it your favorite love what is it our profession to me is like is real is 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 raw you know it's you know a lot our profession uh gets a it gets a bad rap it really does uh for being too you know you know it depends on how far you take it you know so people it gets a bad rap about being too raw too ratchet or whatever but i feel like urban fiction when done right is the reality of what goes on in the inner city 
and if you grew up in the inner city that it's kind of that's kind of your reality you know so i feel like urban fiction is something that people who grew up in that environment can relate to well and you know it's funny that you say that because one of the things that i've kind of observed is that there's this tendency for certain authors to say well i don't want to be considered an urban author uh-huh. and you know my my literature my books aren't urban fiction and they want to be considered more just pop fiction, I guess, would be what mm-hmm. I would interpret it. I, ho- I hope I'm not misinterpreting what I've heard them say. And I kind of get that. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like everybody else gets to have whatever kinds of stories they want. Mm-hmm. It's only, I feel like it's only Black people that kind of get called out like, oh, that's mm-hmm. not good fiction. That's not good stories. You should be telling, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? What are yeah, your thoughts? Yeah. To me, I feel like you should just be true to whatever it is that you're writing. I don't think you should place a label, you know, you should limit yourself. Um, I mean, I don't know, because like, if a person says, oh, I don't want to be, it's kind of like a person saying, I don't want to be labeled as a black actor, I just want to be an actor, but, you know, um, that I kind of know what my niche is because I grew up reading urban fiction. So to me, this is my way of giving back. So I, to me, I don't have a problem with writing urban fiction, but of course, you know, I would want to expand and go beyond urban fiction, but I'm never gonna like go beyond and just say, oh, well, I'm just an author. But to me, what got me into the game is urban fiction so I can never you know turn my back on it because that's what really got me into it into writing in the first place so what are your thoughts about writing outside of your experience I mean a a general rule of thumb especially for for new writers right for people who are new to creating these worlds is write what you know that's a very yeah. common thing for people uh-huh. to say. Uh-huh. How much, you know, if you lived a pretty sheltered life, <laughs> clearly you're not writing exactly what you know. You're writing about mm-hmm. things that you read about or, observed, you know, yeah. in other ways, observed in mm-hmm. other ways. How does that impact your writing, that you're writing something a little outside of, of your personal experience? Yeah, because when I wrote uh, Daddy's Home, Daddy's Home was about a young lady that was getting molested by her father. I, I, um, I wrote that story because I observed a young girl having dialogue with her boyfriend after she said she had to sell her body to make rent. I mean, so that wasn't anything I personally experienced, but, um, you know, I I observed it and I just used my imagination. So to me, I um, I always want to be able to expand my creativity. Like I would love to go into writing a book on a uh, a mystery thr- thriller. That's not mm. that's not something I'm I'm used to. So that to me, that's going to take a lot of research and a lot of um, 
hard work for me to kind of stretch myself. So, but I don't want to put myself um, in a box either. So I just want to write and kind of stretch my creativity. So what do you consider to be, what's your writing process? I mean, do you start with research or do you start, do you start with, like you said, you kind of overheard a conversation and that sparked something in you. Once you get that inspiration, what do you do next? <clears throat> so depending upon like the topic, I will do um, some research like on, I have a book called Sleeping with the Enemy and the character is um, a person that was actually born with HIV virus. So um, I had to do a lot of research on that. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, if it's something, I'm gonna be honest, if, if it's something that I'm not familiar with, I'm gonna do my best to do research on it <laughs> so I can be as accurate as possible. Um, you know, so, but my process is I typically, I try to jot down notes. Mm -hmm. I jot down notes and I make myself an outline of how I want the story to flow, mm -hmm. of how I want like my chapters. So I'll kind of, I'll do kind of like a chapter outline of how I want, of, this is what I want my characters to do. You, you know, it, it don't even, it could just be some scribbled notes because <laughs> when I first started writing I would I wrote notebooks so I would have like three or four notebooks which is like scribbled notes on the side and, and, and in between the margins of like what I wanted to happen so none of this was perfect none of it <laughs> so you jot your notes you do your research you and you're you're obviously not, I don't know if you've heard the term panster versus planner that they talk about. If you do, if anybody does NaNoWriMo, mm -hmm. they've heard that phrase or, you, or that question, are you a panster or are you a planner? It sounds like you're more of a planner. Well, you know, I, I try to be, I try to jot down my notes because if I don't, I'll probably forget. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's what the that's what the planners say. It's like it helps me to stay on track. You know, if yeah. I do, do you ever find that during your writing process, maybe you do get off track a little bit, and then you're like, Ooh. oh wait, I gotta, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I ended up over here. I need to. Yeah. Go back. Is that something that happens? <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah, you be like, wait. So I wanted to go this way. Yeah, because. You know, when I was writing uh, Sleeping with the Enemy, I had writer's block for about two years. So, oh. yeah, because I, <laughs> I was having a very hard time flush, flushing off the story. So I'm like, um, I wanted it to go one way, but it wasn't working. It wasn't working, you know. So, uh, yeah, I did find myself going uh, another way, you know. And what you happened? You got to go with, with what works. <laughs> Well, that's my question. So, so yeah. you found yourself going the other way. Was that way working for you? Or did you say, no, I've got to go back to my original plan. What, what, what was happening there? You know, um, with that story, I, um, I kind of just like to let my characters just kind of tell the story, but 
because I was having such a hard time, like, with, you know, moving the story along, I just let kind of some personal stuff that I was going through, I kind of put that into the story. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I worked that out. Instead of just kind of trying to force it, I just like kind of had to like walk away and, you know, I uh, some personal relationship stuff that I was going through. That's kind of right. that's kind of that's kind of what I put in there. Yeah. So, do you find that sometimes that happens as an as a writer? Do you find that sometimes whatever is going on in your personal life can impact your writing? And if so, how? Yes, it can. It can in a good and a bad way because um, at the time when I was writing. This is in between the time I was, I was writing Bessie's and uh, Sleeping with the Enemy. Because in between the time where I had the writer's block from Sleeping with the Enemy, I wrote Bessie's. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I was going through some, I don't want to put all my business up there, though, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going through some ish with some guy, of course. It's always a man, ain't it? It's always a man. <laughs> Yeah, so I was going through some stuff, and I was in school too. So I was letting I was letting the situation get to me so badly that I I wasn't writing because right. I was kind of like down in the dumps. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you know, I had to you know I had to shake it off. I had to shake it off. So it's like after I I did that, um, I kind of and I put some music on because music helps me. Okay. I kind of, man, I finished that story. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> so basically, what, it sounds like what you basically said was, okay, listen, I can't let this foolishness interfere anymore. Yeah. So you had to shake it off. You put mm -hmm. your music on, you started kind of getting back into your zone. Yeah. And you were able to finish it after that. How long did it take you to finish it once you kind of regrouped mentally or emotionally? Mm, how much? Man, because I know I, I I was taking breaks in between, so probably like six to eight months. Okay. Yeah. Which I think is good since I had like a two-year uh, writer's block. Right, right. Well, and you know, I think that that happens not just with writing, right? We let yeah. our personal lives sometimes interfere with other things that we're doing you know, mm -hmm. we're trying to do for ourselves. It makes it much more difficult to perform well on our jobs or yeah. our businesses or what have you, you know? Yeah. So do you, do you think that it's because you decided to kind of deal with it a little bit? I'm assuming that's kind of what happened in your writing. As you included that, you were kind of dealing with it as well? Yeah, you know, so in a way, it, it, it did help, kind of help me to, um, it was kind of therapeutic in a way, so I'm just like, well, I can't kill you in real life, but I can kill you in a story, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, that's how it is, I'm just like, well, you know what, you piss me off, I'm gonna kill you in a story, so, hi to you. <laughs> So it's like and then being able to deal with those emotions, including the anger. 
Yeah. Mm. How do you think that that impacts women in particular? I'm curious. Do you feel that maybe, I don't know. I end up feeling sometimes like women are not, and black women in particular, we have to be careful about expressing our anger because then you're this typical angry black woman, you know? And (laughs) (laughs) You know, so do you find that writing is cathartic but from that perspective as well? Like you can really kind of explore those emotions that if you express in public or even just in your own life, sometimes you get played for having them or expressing them? Yes, you know, the world beats down black women. I don't know why, for expressing ourselves and having an attitude, but those same you know, women of other cultures, they are deemed to be strong. I do not understand why, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it's bias. I think it's a load of crap. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, so what are we supposed to be weak and docile all the time? No, no, we're not. So writing to me is just an an outlet because you have to get out, you have to get it out. Because to me, if you, you keep that stuff bottled in, then it, 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 and it, you know, into your mind, and then you end up with depression, is how a lot of people end up with uh, mental health problems, and, you know, that leads to, you know, a lot of things, and yeah, so, I mean, if writing is a positive outlet for people to get out their anger, their frustrations, their sadness, or whatever, I think that they should do that. And that's the, what I do. I do. I do that a lot. I'm, even if I'm not writing a story, I'll still write out my emotions or my feelings. Like, I'll just write on my laptop or write in a journal. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think like that's the great. best way for me to get stuff off my chest. Or I'll go crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, because you're just holding all that. And I personally yeah. believe that you hold all that emotion and it actually will make you physically sick as well, not just mentally. Um, yeah. And, and you know what? I think Black people, we, you know, we Black people, we need to go see therapists. We do. You know, uh, they always, like, therapy is, like, taboo. But I say this to say... Um, because my, my father committed suicide when I was a very, 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 very young. So I wish that maybe someone had been able to help him and, you know, maybe he wouldn't have decided to end his life. So that's why, you know, I kind of, you know, feel like, you know, I'm going to find a way to vent or try to get out my frustration because I don't want to make a permanent decision off a temporary emotion. Right. That's a good way of phrasing that. Don't make yeah. a permanent decision off of a temporary emotion. Yeah. Well, I'm curious then about, you know, for you, this is your fifth book that's coming out in December. Mm-hmm. And about the business side of writing. One of the things that I find with my business is that I'm talking with authors, new authors in particular, and basically letting them know they're not just writing a book and money's going to flow in. They're actually starting Mm -hmm. a business and there are things they have to do to make the money and to get their message out and they have to build an audience. What kinds of things did you find that you 
what did you find challenging when you published your first book? One of the things that are very challenging is like when you are you said when I wrote my when I wrote my first when I wrote yeah. my first yeah when you did your first book what did you find challenging about it about the process particularly on the business side the oh marketing okay when I would tell any new writer this if anyone ever asked me <laughs> when you write a book do not expect people to, to just buy it just because you wrote a book <laughs> okay it's not if you if you what they say if you if you build it they will come no that's not how it works <laughs> that is not how it works you have to you know put yourself out there you gotta promote and market yourself you gotta become a brand basically and to me that's like to me, that's the hardest part. I'll always say um, I've learned that that's when the hard work starts. The easiest part is, of course, writing the book because, you know, you, you're just letting your creative juices flow. But the hard part is convincing people to buy from you. You know, you're like, oh, wait, I've never heard of you. Why should I give you my money? Why should I invest my time into you? So, you know, you have to establish relationships, you got to connect with other people, and you have to get out of your comfort zone. And that's something actually I'm still working on. <laughs> but, you know, you have to get out of being comfortable. And, you know, I'm learning, you really, you can't be an introvert. If you want to run a business, any in a successful business at that, you have to get out of your comfort zone. So what do you advise that someone who's new to this first do? Like if you had, if you had three tips for someone who's maybe writing and publishing their first book, what would those three tips be? My first one would be do not, well, don't expect um, just don't expect people just to come to you just because you wrote the book. So, and just get out, get out your comfort zone and you got to go up to people and talk to people. You got to be willing to, uh, get a lot of, uh, get a lot more no's than yeses in the beginning. Okay. That will happen. You will get a lot of no's before yeses because when you're new people, eh, they're very kind of hesitant to, um, to kind of invest in you but that's fine and you have to be able to accept rejection it's going to happen but you will also get a lot more yeses you know you're just gonna have to network with people whether that's other writers other publishers and going to unconventional places to sell your books such as like a gas station a dollar store a grocery store a beauty supply store or i'll be like a a hair salon a barbershop <laughs> It's true, right? I've yeah, I've been to these places. Like, you know, I've been to these places. So, you know, <laughs> you know, you just have to kind of like, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Yes, I would say that. Do not be afraid to put yourself out there because that's kind of like the only way people will know about you. You know, you can't be scared, and to also have thick skin. You know, because you might get in, get a 
reveal that you might not be too happy about. It happens. It happens to all authors. You know, it it, it happens to entertainers as well. So, you know, you just kind of be able to, you know, roll with the punches, so to speak. Well, actually, I heard I heard um, four tips there. I heard don't expect people to just come and buy your book just because you wrote it. Mm-hmm. I heard that you're going to get more no's in the beginning. So just yeah. be prepared. It just takes time for people mm-hmm. to get to know you. They may mm-hmm. be reluctant at first. Yeah. You've got to network and maybe go to unconventional places to sell your book sometimes. Yes. Don't be yes. afraid to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And lastly, have a thick skin. You know, you've got to develop that thick skin. Not what I heard was I heard you saying was, if I may interpret, not everything is for everybody. So yes. just because your book isn't for a particular person doesn't mean it's anything against you personally. Did I hear that right? Yes. Yeah. So have a thick skin. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome advice, especially for, for new authors who are yeah. coming into the game and they're finding they're challenged here and there. Yeah, so, and, and also I want to add, do not be upset when you find out that your family and friends may not want to support you, but strangers will, because mm-hmm. that may happen. Your Most of the time, your support will come from people that do not know you. So... And that's true in business in general, not yeah. just in writing. One of yeah. the things that I observe, yeah. you know, I've observed in my own life is that mm-hmm. part of the reason for that, I believe, and I've heard someone say this in the past, is that they knew you when. So they knew you when you were yeah. young, when you mm-hmm. were stupid, when you made <laughs> lots of mistakes. And yeah. so when you go into these other things, they don't always have that confidence in you. And also, there's the aspect that starting a business, and you, I'm going to say it again, if you're writing a book, you are starting a business, y'all, yeah. whether you know it or not. Starting mm-hmm. a business is hard. If it wasn't hard, hard yeah. everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. But it's, I'm, I'm going to, I hope I'm, I'm quoting Tom Hanks properly from A League of Their Own, but if it's the hard that makes it great. Yeah. But if everybody could do it, they would. And a lot of times your family members, your friends even sometimes have two things in the back of their mind. One is they want to protect you from failure. Mm-hmm. And two, they want to, they, they can't imagine that they could do something. Therefore, they can't imagine that you could do it. Exactly. So mm-hmm. we have to take what, what family and friends have to say sometimes with a grain of salt. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome. Oh, Janae, how can people connect with you? Do you have any, well, I know it, life in the time of COVID, it may be hard to have live, live events, but where can people connect with you? Where can they see you? Where can they buy your books? Okay, um, you can buy my books on my website, JanaeMarieBooks.com. I offer free shipping for all of my books and autograph copies. So that's JanaeMarieBooks.com. And I'm also on Facebook slash author Janae Marie, as well as on Instagram, author Janae underscore Marie5. And 
I'm also on Twitter. It's uh, like Janae Marie Five. Yeah. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say that again. So you've got JanaeMarieBooks.com is your website. That's J-A-N-A-E-M-A-R-I-E-Books.com. Yes. Free shipping and autograph copies, which is yes. awesome. Um, <laughs> Author Janae Marie on Facebook, and that's all together. Author yeah. J A N A E M A R I E on Facebook. Uh -huh. And on Instagram, I have author Janae underscore Marie five. Is that correct? Yes. And is uh, that the I'll same way on Twitter? Yeah. No, uh, Twitter is just Janae Marie five. <laughs> Twitter is just Jan Janae Marie five. Yeah. Awesome. And all together, no underscore. No, not mm -mm. together. Yeah. Perfect. Janae, thank you so much for being on Somewhere in the Middle with Michelle Baride. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Next up, our good friend Julia Black will be joining me for True Talk. I know building a website can be intimidating, but you need a place where your audience can connect with you. Instead of fighting with technology, try the easiest, most flexible website builder available. With templates for all types of websites, ranging from landing pages to e-commerce, Urban Book Editor's platform makes creating an author website quick and easy. Just add a section, upload your photos and videos, type your text, and you're in business. It couldn't be easier. And if you sign up for an annual plan, you can get 10% off the first year. Just use discount code first year. That's one S-T-Y-E-A-R. The number one S-T-Y-E-A-R in all caps. Take advantage of the 14-day free trial. No credit card is needed. Visit urbanbookeditor.com and select create your author website from the menu bar at the top of the page. No more struggling with technology. No more paying a small fortune to developers. Create beautiful websites without learning to code. Spend more time writing and less time worrying about your website. Just go to urbanbookeditor.com and select Create Your Author Website. You'll see how easy it is to build a great website to showcase your work. Go to urbanbookeditor.com and select Create Your Author Website today. So we are back with our friend Julia Black in True Talk. Hey, Julia. Hey, Michelle. So we've been talking about writing. And you and I actually, I think we have slightly different, we take this from different angles, I think. Not, not that we have particularly different views, I suspect, but that we do take this from a slightly different angle. And we were talking about almost, well, I consider it using your writing as therapy, and I'm not a big fan of that personally. I've not found that I have particularly good luck with creating good work when I do that. And yet there's some authors who say that, that it's really helpful to them mm -hmm. to kind of let their personal issues into their writing and, and maybe work through them a little bit, even through their characters. What are your thoughts? I actually think, you know, the novel I wrote, I don't know, I, I think it's written really well. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's not published, so that remains to be seen. I don't know. I think it's written relatively well. 
Um, and mine is cathartic. Um, there is a, um, you know, I was dealing when I started writing it, I was in my mid twenties and I was dealing with something. I was trying to process it. And so the way that I did is I created a storyline, um, with characters that were similar to the things that I was dealing with. Um, and it, when I was done and I didn't realize what I was doing as I was doing it, but when it was done, I personally felt like I had worked through my own stuff and it was a lot easier for me to think through, um, kind of the problems I was having because it had been, because I had almost solved them and was able to process them through, through the story. Um, but I also have a history, I have a very long history of journaling. So the way that I process things is actually through writing. So it was just, so turning, turning something from a journal into a story wasn't too big of a stretch for me to do. Um, well, but it's not even the, to, for me, it's not even the, can I do it? It's the, how good is the quality of the work when I do it? Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like for me personally, it has not worked out when I've done that. I have not produced good work taking that approach. And I think, and I could see where that, I, I could see where for some people it, it wouldn't be that way. Um, I could also see, depending on how I, depending on how you look at it, right? I could also see it to be, okay, well, what's important, right? Is it... A, sure, the quality of the story isn't great, but how well have I processed this? Um, and is that where, so even if this particular story isn't publishable, um, you know, is it, has it been beneficial because I've dealt with it? Um, but it really just depends on the person, right? It has to do with how much time you have. It has to do with how your creative, how your creativity flows, um, and how you want to, um, use your time in that way, really. Yeah, I think for me, I've always felt like I produce better work. Not that, not that you can't um, share the personal through your work, but I feel like for me, I've always found that I process mentally and through speech. Yeah. And then once I've got all that work through, then I can articulate on paper. Yeah, and for me, it's opposite, is that I have to, is that I process through paper before generally for me in order for me to process anything um, it's much easier for me to process it on paper before I can effectively communicate it um, using speech so there are people out there who want to write and like uh, they may experience writer's block mm -hmm. or something like that. Would you say then that, cause I, you know, I suspect that when you have writer's block, you know, sometimes it's because something else is priority mm -hmm. for your brain and your spirit to process, right. To deal right. with. And that's why you can't deal with whatever you're supposed to be writing. Mm -hmm. So are you thinking that, maybe they should try writing about that instead of whatever they were trying to do before? Yeah, I mean, try it, right? I mean, you're never gonna know if cathartic writing works, what I call cathartic writing, writing through your problems. You're never really gonna know if, if, if that's gonna be helpful or if, the stuff, or if the stuff that you write 
um, is effective and good writing unless you try it. So I would say try that. Um, I would say try journaling. I would say, I mean, there are so many journal, there are so many writing prompts and journaling prompts and all of that stuff that you can find online. So just the, the most important thing, I honestly truly believe the most important thing is to keep writing. But how I, do you know if your writing sucks? If you, if you're, so like for me, when I'm just like, eh, if I'm just gushing emotion out into the, like, eh, onto the page, how do you, I mean, I don't think it matters. Terrible. To me, that's terrible writing. That's awful. I don't think, I personally don't think that matters. I think you need to just keep writing. There's, um, because for me, right, in essence, I'm an editor. For me, the way I've always written, my process is always to just get everything on paper and then edit and then, and then tweak the language and edit it until it works. Um, if you're talking about something like fiction, then you're going to want to have some kind of an outline in your head um, or some kind of an idea of what the story is about. But who cares if it's terrible? Like, if you have writer's block, your choices are either write or don't write and wait for the writer's block to go away. But it's, but I'm of the opinion that the routine of writing is very important, even if what you write is terrible. And if you look at it later and you go, yeah, this is, this is the worst writing in the world, that's fine. Sometimes you need to go through those, those, months or days or you need to go through that and maybe you can tweak some of it later or maybe you'll find a sentence that's like gold and the rest of it is terrible i think that's okay but you have to keep writing i, I believe it i honestly truly believe that so what would be the structure if somebody wanted to because you know if somebody wanted to write um yeah, you know, somebody's trying to write something to publish, though. I mean, I think it's really easy to say, well, just write, and if it's terrible, it doesn't matter. But if somebody is truly trying to write something to publish, they have a purpose, right? And if all of this emotional junk is getting in the way, then what? I just trying something. There's um, Julia Cameron. I, was, I believe is her name, has a system called the Artist's Way. Um, and, what sh and she promotes this for all artists, not just writers, um, painters and sculptors and musicians and everybody. Um, and what her theory is, is that you wake up in the morning and um, until your brain really gets going, nothing good is gonna, very little, not nothing, but very little is gonna come out good in the morning um, or right when you start. And so what she suggests is what she calls morning pages. And you sit down and regardless of what your creative endeavor is, you take, you use a certain number of pages, two pages, one page, whatever, and you just write whatever comes to you. And it's okay if it's terrible because it's a giveaway anyway. Like the purpose of this is to get rid of all of the terrible stuff so that the brilliance can come through. Um, so I would say something like that. And you could just write whatever comes to you or you can take, you know, you can find a prompt. 
um, and go, okay, I'll write to this prompt. And I just know that it's not going to get, it's not going to get published. But after I get all the terrible stuff out, then I can really focus on the thing that does need to be published. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm actually a big fan of, of writing prompts personally. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of my favorite things to do, and I haven't done in a couple of years actually, was to do the poem a day challenge mm -hmm. that Writer's Digest does. And they do that twice a year in April and November. And so that's something, I would literally wake up, see what the prompt was, ponder it a little bit, and then put it aside for the whole day. Mm -hmm. And then right before I go to bed, I would work on that writing prompt. Right. So I guess it's a similar way of thinking about it. I just didn't write anything down. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So that's definitely an approach that people can take. Mm -hmm. And I know that you're a big fan of journaling. I am a big fan of journaling. I think, um, I think journaling is a very good way. I mean, cause we're all, for a lot of us, um, thoughts can be scattered and unorganized uh, and all over the place. And when that happens, um, it's a lot harder to focus on anything. So um, journaling for me is a really good way to sift through all of the things that are swirling around in my head so that I can get to kind of the point and whatever the issue is. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, like I said, I have a hard time communicating what my feelings are until I understand them. And so writing through, I can write about it first and go through and say, okay, I'm feeling this way and here's how my body is feeling and here's where my brain is going. And these are all of the thoughts that I'm having that are going along with these feelings. And then I can, and then through that, I can pinpoint what's causing it and then move through it from there. Well, and anyone who knows me knows that I'm a big fan of meditation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not always good at it, but even bad meditation helps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's something I've discovered over mm -hmm. the years. I've heard, I've heard that said, and I think it's true. So I'm a big fan of, of meditation because I think it clears up that scattered thought tendency yeah. that we have. So mm -hmm. again, this is me approaching it from a different angle. I, I don't, where I tend to process internally and then put it on paper, you tend to process externally mm -hmm. is what I'm hearing. Am I, is that a reasonable? I don't know if it would be, I, I don't know if I would use the word external, but I process in writing. I process, I personally process by writing. But that's what I mean. You're putting it out somewhere, whereas yeah. I tend to do it internally and then put it. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes through speech, you know, I've been known to talk to myself. <laughs> I think anybody who works with computers for any amount of time ends up talking yeah. to themselves. So I'm not sure if that's anything unique, but uh, <laughs> I have been known to talk to myself, y'all. And so I, I will, but I tend to process things, you know, either verbally or just holding it in my head and, and turning it over there mm -hmm. um, and then putting it on paper. So I think that maybe that's why I feel like we have slightly different approaches to this. Yeah. I'm not opposed to journaling. I think that I use my journals in a different way though. Yeah. And I think everybody uses journals in a different way. I think that's something that's that, because journaling is not for everybody. Um, you know, for the people that don't like to write, um, you know, when I had with my life coaching clients for people that just don't like to write, 
um, that they do have, but they need to talk through things. Um, and, you know, for whatever reason, they don't have someone to talk through it with or whatever. I, I, what I suggest is to use the like audio recording file on your phone, um, you know, and just talk through it there and then you can listen to it or you can delete it or whatever. And that will help you process it as well. It essentially does the same thing. We're essentially doing the same thing. We're just doing it and using a different form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So either way, I think we're both big fans of, of keeping writing regardless. Yeah. Keep yeah. writing regardless, even if it's going to be terrible. That's okay. Even if it's going to be terrible. Fine. It's important to keep writing. Um, and, and if you haven't tried, you know, cathartic writing, try it. Who knows? I've tried it. Doesn't work for me. I'm not, I, at least it hasn't in the past. Who knows? Who I'm knows? older and wiser and more mature now. So yeah. I that's mean, rumor but, I've heard at least. But here's yeah. And maybe it would process differently now, right? Maybe I would. It might. It may very well. You never know. I mean, I think as we, as we, as we age and as we, as, as, you know, life changes, I think, um, those things will, will adapt with us. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and for the record, if we're talking about like cathartic writing and, and, and examples of what a really successful cathartic writing looks like, um, Adele, <laughs> Adele, the musician, mm -hmm. um, her, um, uh, 21 is the album, um, was written after a breakup and it is so good. Um, and that was cathartic, right? Good. I don't know if we can use Adele as an example, cause she's just really good. She uh, <laughs> she's brilliant. She is brilliant, but it is a good, but it, but it's, but it's a good example of cathartic, yeah. of cathartic writing. Um, and the fact that cathartic writing can be good. I think um, cathartic writing works better for music. I, I, yeah, I, so I, I, that's another reason I'm not, I don't, I'm reluctant to use, I'm reluctant to use music as an example because of that. I think it works better for music. I don't know what it is about music, mm -hmm. but to me, that just works better than if you're, trying to write a piece of fiction, let's say. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it can work well if you're doing memoir. Although J.K. Rowling, um, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it worked, but there are aspects of the books, of the Harry Potter books, um, that she made cathartic that she now looks back and decided wasn't the best thing to do, but she, she forced catharsis into these books um, with aspects of them. I don't know. I think she just be saying stuff sometimes. Just <laughs> get people all wound up. I don't know what Maybe. she's doing. She's just doing too much. JK Rowling needs to quit. <laughs> she is doing too much on social media. She turn around, tell people, this one's gay and that one's not. And this one's, you know, and I don't like gay. I don't know what she's telling people, but it's wrong. <laughs> Whatever she's doing, she's agitating the universe. She is. We she have is enough. Right now. I agree. We have enough agitation in the universe. She needs to just stop. I like I would agree with, I would agree with that. J.K. Rowling needs to, yes, I would yeah. agree. She's upset. God bless her. Right now. God, God bless her heart. 
I God bless her and her and her books are brilliant, but you're right. She's upsetting way too many people right now. Yeah. We need uh, we need peace and calm in the world, yeah. JK. We just need I have to think about I can't think of you I think you're right about music. I I can't I personally can't think of a book of a cathartic book novel, at least that I know of. I'm sure that they are out there that people just haven't said. Yeah. So maybe people will send us in some that are Yeah. You know, but anyways, Julia, as always, it's been fun. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. (laughs) Well, that's our show this week, guys. You can reach out to me online at urbanbookeditor.com or michelleberard.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram as Urban Book Editor. Send me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send in some topics you'd like us to cover on the show. Make sure you tune into the show on November 6th when my guest will be Federal Contracting Specialist Khalil Mimond. You can find us twice a month on Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern at the Somewhere in the Middle Podcast.com. And don't forget to tune in to Julia Black and Me live on Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. Pacific, 4.30 p.m. Eastern for shelter in place, hashtag pandemic 2020. That live stream can be found at rebrand.ly slash shelter in place live stream. Let's continue the conversation. You guys be good, stay mindful, and remain prayerful. Peace and blessings, y'all.